Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Today's gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 20, and in this uh, portion of the gospel, it takes place after Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, um, after Palm Sunday, so uh, we don't have exact dates, but probably like Monday, Tuesday of that week. And um, um, the first thing that in this story from Luke's gospel, um, some people come up to him and they uh, say to him, Jesus, now where does your authority come from? And Jesus chooses not to answer the question. Rather, he kind of does what he often does is turn the question back onto them. And he says, well, where did John the Baptist's um, authority come from? And they were all of a sudden kind of just like, well, I don't know really what to say because John is really popular. So if we say that John is from God and John is the one who has pointed and said, look, this is the one we've been waiting for, then we sort of undermine our argument. But if we say that, God, that, that John's authority doesn't come from God, then the people are going to be really angry with us. And so they kind of just walk away and choosing not to engage Jesus anymore. And then Jesus tells the story about the parable of the tenants. The story goes that there's a, a person who owns a vineyard and um, he goes away for a period of time and he tells these tenants that he is hired, look, you be here, you take care of this and then I will come back one day. And um, fast forward a while and, and, and the vineyard owner sends his son and, um, to, and the tenants um, get angry and jealous and they kill the son. And obviously this has its roots in the story of Jesus' own uh, death and crucifixion. And then there's the story of the resurrection in which uh, the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection, that is why they are sad, you see, um, <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. <laughs> um, they, they try to challenge Jesus with a, with, a, with a question about, well, okay, so Jesus, if you really believe in the resurrection, and in the law of Moses, it says that if a woman, um, if a woman's husband dies and she is childless, then the brother has to marry her. But now let's suppose that that brother also dies and she still has no children. And then a third brother, she marries the third brother and that brother dies and there's no children and so on and so on and so on. Um, Chad Bird, um, uh, somebody who I really like and respect says that um, any woman who's had to been married to seven brothers does not have to be married in heaven. <laughs> um, but here, uh, and so they're trying to trap Jesus into this question. And Jesus' answer is, look, the resurrection is wholly and totally different than anything that we can imagine on life. So stop trying to just pretend that the resurrection is like life redone. That this is something that is wholly and totally different. 
In Jesus' time, there were primarily two groups of uh, folks um, in, in Israel. One were the Pharisees, and we all know the Pharisees. The Pharisees were sort of holiness people. Like, they were really good um, at keeping spiritual practices. They were really good um, at doing the things that they knew that they were supposed to do. Um, and there's a lot of thought that Jesus may have, in fact, been a Pharisee, and that's why in the Gospels there's so much conflict, because hey, we're watching this um, inner family fight going on. Um, and there's another group, the Sadducees, and the Sadducees are sort of at the center of power um, in Jerusalem. They are um, part of the temple authority. They're really close to the Roman government. Um, and, you know, for them, um, it's interesting that groups of people who have sort of experienced the most privilege and are closest to authority and power are the ones who most consistently disbelieve in the resurrection, who spiritualize the resurrection. Um, Rachel Held Evans, um, God rest her soul, uh, shared a story in her book inspired about a conference that she went to and there were uh, two men who were up there and they were talking about how the resurrection is just sort of this warm, fuzzy feeling, this, this spiritual awakening within us. And Rachel Held Evans turns to the person sitting next to her, next to her and says, well, what do you think? It's an African-American pastor, and he looks at her and he says, if they are right and resurrection is simply just a spiritual warmth within us, then there is no hope for my people. He says, what do you say to people who were brought here enslaved and thrown overboard when they died? What good does spiritual warmth mean to them? What do you say to the countless number of women who died on plantations while working were buried in marked graves? How is that good news to them? And Rachel said that, that God is concerned not only in our spiritual blindness, in our spiritual death, but in the real things that happen to us. The need to be delivered from that which has harmed us. Resurrection is rooted into this giant hope that God will make things right. That those who oppose God's justice and God's kingdom will one day be set to rights. And that the way that it is done in heaven will be done on earth. And scripture unfolds that in terms of the resurrection. We might think about in John's gospel, Lazarus, one of Jesus' closest friends, dies and Jesus goes to Bethany where Lazarus lived with his sisters. And as he's nearing an approaching town, one of Lazarus' sisters comes to him and says, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would be alive. And Jesus says, don't you believe in the resurrection? And she goes, yeah, I believe in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says, no. I am resurrection. I am life. It is this unfolding hope that we find from Jesus' death and resurrection that gives us hope. The book of Proverbs oftentimes sort of sets that things fall upon us as a result of our own stupidity. And I think we've all experienced um, what Dave Ramsey often calls stupid tax. Um, 
But the book of Job offers a different vision, which says, you know what? Sometimes bad things happen and there is no explanation. And no matter how hard you try to explain it, you cannot explain why bad things happen. And it's in the midst of all these things that are happening to Job that Job gives this portion that we heard this morning, something that is read at every funeral service. But I know that my Redeemer lives. Job's hope was not in his own righteousness because the story of Job is is that he did everything right and still things didn't work out. But the hope for Job was is that he believed in the God of life and of living. Sometimes we sit there and we just want to spiritualize resurrection so that we can feel comfortable with where we are. We think that if we just create a more just society, and there's, there's nothing about wrong with us working for justice and peace. D- don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with that. But our thoughts that we can, through our own minds and our own efforts, bring heaven to earth is a farce and it is a folly and we will end up disappointed. That Jesus is the only hope that we have and the conviction and belief that on the day that the women came to the tomb, the tomb really was empty and that evil and sin have no more to say to this earth because we have a God who is alive. Our attempts to go and get justice are oftentimes short-sighted and wrong and we end up doing the very thing we should not be doing. Our own trust and our own wisdom And our own knowledge oftentimes gets us to places where we make decisions that are false choices. Dr. Kara Slade, who teaches at Princeton University, recently gave a paper in an organization that I'm a part of. And she shares the story about in the 1920s as racism began to really ramp back up in American society. The Ku Klux Klan began to show up. And she said that one of the leading progressive pastors in New York City sat there and wrestled with this question because he says, the scriptures in my faith say that race, all races are the same. But he says, as I go and I look at the science and the knowledge that we have, he goes, I know that that is not true. And so he ended up believing that racism was the way because it was the enlightened, knowledgeable way of the settled science of the day. If we are relying on our own power, our own thought process, our own enlightenment, it will lead to the grave. But if we trust in God who is life, who is love, who is peace and justice then we can believe that the things that befail us and fall upon us will not have the last word. We are a people of resurrection and we are a people of hope because we have a God who is a God of the living and not of the dead. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.